Welcome to the Discover Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Maya Urban, the Urban Healer. I'm a life coach, Reiki master, Akashic record reader, and registered nurse. I'm here to guide you towards living a life you truly love by learning to downregulate your nervous system, resetting your energy, and reconnecting to your essence. We'll talk about everything from evidence-based neuroscience tools to ancient healing wisdoms and how you can incorporate these in your everyday life to heal, expand, and feel joy again. For ways to work with me, visit theurbanhealer.ca. Now let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to the Discover Your Joy podcast. My name is Tamea Urban. I will be your host. And today I have a very special guest. I have Bianca and she is a sound therapist and a DJ. And we're going to be talking about all things sound therapy, how to get started and everything in between. So welcome to the show, Bianca. Please introduce yourself. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So as you shared, I'm Bianca and I'm a sound therapist, DJ and wellness educator. And I'm super excited to be here and chat with you about all things sound today. Love it. I had so many questions come through on Instagram. Um, I know my community is really excited to learn more about this and I don't have a lot of information on this. So I have a lot of questions. They have questions. So let's dive in. So the first thing that I wanted to ask you about Tell us about your story. What made you transition from your corporate career to becoming a sound therapist and a DJ? Like, kind of tell us how you knew that sound um, therapy was your calling. Sure. So I, I always knew working a corporate nine to five job wasn't my situation, um, wasn't my calling. However, I did it because it was a safe option and was everyone else is doing it. And so I ended up working in corporate for over 12 years. And because I was deeply unsatisfied and unfulfilled, I always had a creative outlet while I was working that job. And so I always had a creative side hustle, whether it was I worked in fashion for six years while working my nine to five job, then I started a fashion blog. And then I got this intuitive nudge from the universe one day that was like, you should DJ a party. And for a little bit of context, when I was in university, I always loved to go and dance. I had a few friends that were DJs. And so I was always excited to go see them and just listen to good music. Though I had a very specific moment where the universe was like, you need to DJ a party. And so I learned how to DJ. Uh, and I had a friend who so graciously suggested that I DJ her birthday party. And I ended up just totally falling in love with it. It was a feeling I had never felt before where I just felt so alive. And mm -hmm. truthfully, I just followed that feeling and allowed that to kind of direct me. And so basically what happened was it was a perfect storm where I had experienced debilitating anxiety for most of my corporate career because it was just not aligned to who I was and I didn't feel safe to be who I was in my career. Mm -hmm. And so there came a moment where I had been in a role that was super not aligned to who I was and my DJ career actually was starting to really pick up. I had a pretty consistent number of gigs and so it was kind of the perfect storm for me to make that decision to leave. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I kind of made the transition. It just felt pretty, it felt like the right time. I love that. And this is everyone's nudge who's listening that if you go to your job and you dread it every day, you have the Sunday scaries, all you're doing is counting down to Friday. You have that horrible anxiety. Same when I was nursing, it was a nightmare. I would literally just shake. And that's your nudge that you're in the wrong career. Like you're not supposed to hate your job. Like you do, you do it a lot of hours for a lot of years. So you can't just hate it. And I promise every single person who's listening, there is a perfect job out there where you get to have fun, actually do what feels good and get paid for it. So that immediately needed to be said. So thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. Yes. So how did you discover um, sound therapy for your own journey? Because I, I assume you kind of dabbled in it for yourself and your personal life. And then you're like, wait a minute, people need to hear about this. Yeah, so there were actually three pretty transformative events that planted the seeds. Um, so first in 2018, I attended Burning Man and 
it was my first kind of like really different experience um, that pushed me out of my comfort zone. I don't do well in high heat and I also don't do well in like super overstimulated environments because I'm highly sensitive. And so there was one night where I was just, my nervous system was shot. I was super anxious. And so I had actually taken my bike out to like the furthest point of the desert. And I was like, I just need to get away from all this like techno music and house music and this whole rave culture. I was like, I just need to get away from it. So I, I rode out to the middle of the desert and then I, I heard classical music and I ended up was like, where the hell is this coming from? So I started to follow that music and I ended up stumbling upon this light installation so for people who are not familiar with burning man it's basically a community that's built in the desert and it is centered around art music and community and so i stumbled upon this light installation that was playing classical music and i saw a bunch of people lying down underneath it and so i just mm -hmm. stayed there for like an hour and it totally recalibrated my entire nervous system just slowing down listening to this beautiful ambient and classical music. And I that that was a moment for me where it planted a seed in terms of the power sound has to really soothe our bodies, our mind, our nervous system. And so fast forward to the pandemic, when all my work stopped and changed, um, I, I, again, stumbled upon this course on Insight Timer called chakra cleansing with deep cello by an artist named the Wang Janice. And so what she did was she created or composed these guided sound meditations using the cello. And so I was grieving so much during the pandemic because all my work was like, you know, stop, taken away, whatever. And I did this course and I've never cried so much in my life. I was just mm -hmm. like, totally, it, it totally touched me in a way that sound really hasn't before. And so that was another moment where I felt as though sound really has this deep potential to, to really help us reconnect with those lost yeah. parts of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then again, again, during the pandemic, the last moment was where I just started to intuitively turn to music and movement as a way to grieve. I was going through a bad breakup during that time. And I also just use movement um, to reconnect with my feminine energy with yes. pleasure. And so, all yeah. of those moments led me up to making the decision to pursue sound as a therapeutic modality versus a performative modality, which is kind of what DJing has been for most of my career. So that kind of led me there. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. I could like totally like picture that too. It's just, we forget that music can do so much for us. Like when you're trying to get hyped, you know what I mean? You put on that song that gets you hyped, but then it's like, have my like bedtime music. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to bed. Yes. So it's like, it's like, it's so powerful that like, we kind of forget that we can use it to upregulate and downregulate our nervous system. Oh my goodness. I absolutely, absolutely love that. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Well then we kind of talked about nervous system. So let's dive into that. What yeah. is sound therapy and how does it work in terms of regulating your nervous system? How does that work? Yes. Okay. So Sound therapy is based on the premise that all matter vibrates at specific frequencies and we can use external sound objects to influence ourselves. So we can use external sound instruments like singing bowls or whatever sound therapist or practitioner would use to influence our own vibration and how this actually works is through a process called entrainment and entrainment is basically where two different rhythmic processes sync up to become harmonious. And so mm -hmm. you can kind of visualize, say, two or three metronomes. There's, if you search entrainment on YouTube and metronomes, you'll see like a few metronomes that are swinging in at different times end up becoming synced up. And so with sound therapy, what, how it works is the sound of the instruments basically syncs up our own vibration. And so mm. when we look at instruments like crystal singing bowls, which is a single sustained sound, that helps to downregulate our nervous system. And a really important thing to mention is that with singing bowls and sound baths specifically, the most important part is that the 
sound bath is done in a non-rhythmic way. So there's not a rhythm for the brain to follow, which allows the brain to actually settle and give up mm -hmm. its control of like needing to be on. So that's why sound baths are so powerful is because practitioners are often playing instruments at different you know, speeds or tempos, or they're tapping something here, tapping something there, and it, it, there's not a rhythm to follow. And so that's what makes it extremely relaxing is because the brain is able to actually settle during that yeah. process. Yeah. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Um, okay. The next question is like, what is a sound bath? Like, yeah. how does that even work? And like, do you like prep a sound bath or do you have like an idea or is it just like intuitive when you're there? That's a great question. So a sound bath is, I like to call a nourishing sonic massage for your brain and nervous system. Oh my that's God. That's like the easiest yes, way to <laughs> yeah, like that's like the easiest way to kind of, I like to explain it. Um, also, another way I kind of like to explain it is, is basically just like sound plus meditation, mm -hmm. sound and meditation. Right. And so during a sound bath, a practitioner will use different instruments. They'll ask, ask people to assume a comfortable position and then they'll play those instruments to create a desired effect or just to create space for someone to relax. And um, your other question around, what was the other question you just asked? Do you intuitively just guide the sound uh, back? Or okay. do you like pre, I don't know, Prep. compose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I'm a, not one yes, with this yes. lingo. That's a good question. Okay. So I do both. And in school, and we're often taught to not kind of plan and intuitively guide the session, which is for the most part, I do that though. I do, I love a good theme. And so if I'm say facilitating a sound bath around the heart chakra or compassion or confidence, yeah. I will use specific bowls more right. so than others because, um, and we can talk about this too. So the bowls, like singing bowls, for instance, are all created with a different tone or note. And so specific bowls will be connected to different chakras or emotions. And so I will use specific bowls based on what yeah. it is I'm hoping to kind of create. Um, yeah. Though I do allow myself to intuitively feel into what people might need more. And I and that guides my process too quite a bit. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I mean, I think it's, it's like the more you plan it, sometimes you're almost like restricting yourself because yes. once you're in front of the group of people, they might have different needs. And it's like, I know for me, when I'm doing like a hypnosis, if I'm guiding any sort of a session, I usually have like a word or like a sentence and everything yes. else is like, no, I'm just going to channel what comes through and what people need. And I, I love that. Oh, that's so exactly. Um, it, and it's nice to do that too. And I think it's been a learning curve for me because initially, because I guess from my DJ background, I'm always prepping and preparing though like moving into more facilitating sound baths, I, it's, it's, it's really fun to kind of listen to like what people need and like channel, as you just said, channel, what is the need of the group today and, and play based yeah. on that. Yeah. And is there like a minimum for how long it needs to be in order to have like the benefits of it? So that's another great question. And I've tested this out quite a bit. So I would say an hour, in my opinion, is like the maximum amount of time where people don't feel like start getting fidgety and start feeling like they've been there too long. That is like the maximum. So I generally like to do an hour sound bath, though I have been researching and what I've been finding is that actually like a 15 to 20 minute sound bath is extremely beneficial. Mm -hmm. yeah for um how do i want to say this so so say in the afternoon i often will feel this like afternoon slump and my go-to always is to listen to a pre-recorded sound bath that's about 16 minutes so 15 to 20 minutes long and it's the equivalent of a double espresso for me it just it is like energizing in the best way possible like wow. not, not in an anxiety um inducing yeah. way but it's yeah. like it it soothes the nervous system so yeah. much so that it I'm able to receive energy again. So I would say you can do a short one, like as little as like 15 minutes. And then if you want like a, a more deeply restorative practice, you can do um, up to an hour, though the shorter sound baths are also just equally as effective. Yeah. I love that you said that because I feel like so many people have this um, misconception of self-care is an hour 
an hour in the morning or an hour here. And it's like, even like when people are like, I'm going to take a bath. I'm like, sometimes I take a 10 minute bath at like 1 PM and people are like, no, you take a bath an hour at night. I'm like, no, don't. No, you do love that. And I just think that's like such bull. So it's like, I love that you said that because it's like, that is much more effective than you going to Starbucks. And it's like, it's better on your budget and your nervous system and your overall well-being. And it's something that you can do anywhere. And I mean, that's something that I always used to listen to on my nursing shift. Everyone's like watching like Netflix or like just, you know, scroll, scroll. And I'm just like, oh my God, please just reset my nervous system. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. And you know, like, it's so true. And I love that you say that because we have been told that self-care has to be this like hour long process or this long process, but truthfully, like even before I jumped on this, this call with you and I, and I forgot to mention is that I use tuning forks quite a bit and we can talk Mm -hmm. about tuning forks because they're, they're an even more accessible way for people to use sound therapy. And all I did was like, I think it, not even a minute. I use my tuning forks for a minute, just on my, my head, my third eye, um, my, my, what's it called? Lower back. And mm-hmm. that took a minute. I just use that for a minute. And so there are ways that we can use sound. And that's kind of my, I want to say my mission, kind of my mission right now is like to yeah. explore mm-hmm. how to help people, um, use sound in a more accessible and approachable way, I would say. Love that. Now, is there a difference between listening to something that's pre-recorded, like through your your headphones or whatever, or like YouTube or wherever, compared to being in like in front of someone who's who's actually doing the sound bath? Okay, so my controversial opinion on this. So I love because, it. So mm-hmm. everyone is going to tell you that an in real life experience is best. I'm going to say I've had my best experiences pre-recorded because I actually feel safer when I can be in a space that I just can set up and feel good in. Um, And it doesn't always feel safest for me to be in sound baths that are in new spaces that I just, I don't know. And, and, and I'm super sensitive so I can pick up on energies and I don't always like being in like a group of 30 people like lying down. And there's a beauty to that though. I, and there's actually, so there isn't science to confirm that an in yeah. real life sound bath is better than pre-recorded. So I'm going to say there isn't a difference. It's it's yeah. super personal preference. And I would encourage everyone to uh, experience both and see what works best for you. I love that. Because this is something that comes up with Reiki all the time. Because mm, I do most of Reiki yes. virtually. And people are like, but it's not in person. And I'm just like, do you believe in energy? Because energy holds no yes. like, bounds to space and time. I'm like, yeah, do you get the perk of me physically touching you and you have skin hunger and everyone likes being touched and I give a really good like scalp massage? Yeah, that's not Reiki. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the Reiki isn't. And that's actually something that I tell my clients all the time where I'm like, I would love for you to be at home because then you don't have to go out onto a streetcar or drive a car, get stuck in traffic or you're around other people. It's like, if you need to have a good cry, you can. You want to sit in the tub, you can. And it's like, you will drop into a deeper state of relaxation if you're in your own space where it's just like, you know, you can relax more. Like whether you consciously know that or not, your nervous system's like, we're home. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you shared that because it's it's absolutely so similar. And And it really depends at the end of the day, it's like, it really depends on the facilitator and the space they're able to hold for the individual or group. And so, and that's not always, you know, not everyone is trauma informed, not everyone knows how to hold a safer space. And so, and so, yeah, I'm so happy you shared that because it absolutely has, I would say the same effect, if not could be even more effective for some. Absolutely. No, I love that. And perfect segue to the next question. How does sound help with trauma processing? Mm -hmm. So so I think it's important to kind of talk about like what trauma is first. And so I, I also have a background in trauma studies. So I studied at Wilfrid Laurier, took a, a certificate there because I knew for me, I wanted to really understand trauma in order to help people soothe their nervous system because trauma is extremely connected to the health of one's nervous system. So from what I've learned about trauma and you're an expert in this area too so I'd love to hear kind of what your um, interpretation has been but what I've learned is that trauma is an experience that overwhelms the nervous system 
and it might be something that is that happens too quickly too soon and that happens without the right support and so what happens when someone experiences trauma is that their nervous system is often stuck in a stress response and that stress response can be either on which can manifest in things like hypervigilance anxiety or off so it can be things like with being extremely withdrawn dissociative um, depressed and so what we want to do um, with any kind of trauma healing or trauma um, with any kind of trauma healing is really start encouraging a sense of safety first yeah. and so sound can help with that in that it can help regulate the nervous system it can help one feel safe and so this is where I feel trauma, um, where sound can be especially beneficial is to start by regulating the nervous system because we want mm -hmm. to begin to increase the flexibility of the nervous system um, mm -hmm. of someone who's experienced mm -hmm. trauma. So I, I, I feel like sound creates that space and flexibility in one and also that sense of safety that's needed um, and that's often stripped away when someone has experienced trauma. Oh, absolutely. I love the way you said that the flexibility of it. And I always call it like the stretch of it, like the tolerance yes. of what you can handle. And it's like the way I always uh, talk about trauma is like, if something happens, your nervous system's like, we're going to die, whether yes. it's true or not. Yes. And then you're literally caught in the, but I'm going to die, but I'm going to die, yes. but I'm going to die. And then you just get caught in the loop where your nervous system's like, I will never allow this to happen again. So you're obviously like super guarded, hypervigilant, like you said, anxious. There you go. Looking, looking, looking. Yeah. And then it's like, you're not in the moment anymore. But then yes. whatever happened to you, that doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Like you were in a car accident. You're not going to be in a car accident every single time you get in a car, but you might get anxious about it. You had a really bad experience with a past partner. Every relationship is not that. Yes. And then it's like, oh. There you go. So then I love how sound is like, just, it's going to soothe you and it's going to be like, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. So you can even just get into a part of you that's open to the idea of working through that processing that, because if you're so caught in the loop, you're like, but I don't want to die, but I don't want to die, but I don't want to die. Nothing's getting in. Cause you're just like, Nope. Yes. And I think that's, that's exactly how how sounds can help you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That's beautiful. Absolutely. And what you just shared reminded me of something we learned also, which is that like the art of trauma healing is really about reconnection. It's about really oh, reconnecting yeah. with oneself. And so sound in my, in my experience, in my opinion, is a really great way to help one reconnect with those lost parts of self. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's beautiful. And again, beautiful segue to the next question. Tell me your thoughts about calling it sound therapy versus sound healing. <laughs> okay. So I love this question because I have pretty strong, I've, I've, again, probably controversial opinion around using. Welcome <laughs> here. I okay. want you to be okay. opinionated. <laughs> I want you to speak clearly from the heart. Like this is where you get to share. Like I, I'm like, hit me up. Tell me. Thank I love you, it. Tanea. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, ah, uh, Okay. The word healing, healer, in my opinion, has been thrown around so much in the wellness space that it has really lost the connection to what it actually means. And to heal, the origin of the word to heal means to make whole. And so when someone says, you know, healing, we're saying, we're kind of assuming that the person's not whole. Hmm. And so in... And at the same time, what we're doing is that when we when we say like, I'm a sound healer, that's assuming that I can heal someone or fix someone or make someone whole. And that's not true. Yeah. All I'm doing is holding space and facilitating and guiding someone back to them reconnecting with themselves. And yeah. one of and I have like, I want to if I can, if I can read like a very short passage from Dr. Please. Gavora Matei, who's I'm sure you've heard of him. He's like an amazing. He's Hungarian. Person. I'm Hungarian. Oh, okay. Of course you've heard of him. I told me I love him. <laughs> okay. So he has like one of my favorite explanations of healing. And this, I'll read this from the book, The Myth of Normal. And he has this little, this little section that says, what is healing anyway? When I speak of healing, I am referring to nothing more or less than a natural movement toward wholeness. 
Notice that I do not define it as the end state of being completely whole or enlightened or any similar psycho-spiritual ideal. It is a direction, not a destination, a line on a map, not a dot. Nor is healing synonymous with self-improvement. Closer to the mark would be to say it is self-retrieval. In fact, our modern self-improvement culture, which has to a large extent been co-opted by the same consumerist forces responsible for the conditions we have been chronically in, can too easily obscure or complicate the healing journey. When we heal, we are encouraged, we are, we are engaged in recovering our lost parts of self, not trying to change or better them. And then he just quotes um, a depth psychologist who says, the, the main question in healing is not so much looking at what's wrong, but where is the person's wholeness not being fully realized or lived out? And I feel like that is just such a beautiful way of looking at healing in a way that is more about reconnection, like we just chatted about, about, you know, finding those ways to connect back to those areas of self that might have been lost due to conditioning, trauma. Um, and so when I speak about sound, I say sound therapy because I've been trained as a sound therapist. I feel like I could, I like anything I, but sound healing, although I know most people know it as sound healing. So that's my, con that's my controversial aspect because I feel like yeah. most people know it as sound healing. And I'm just like, yeah. I like saying it's sound meditation or sound therapy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love that. That's beautifully said. Um, it's funny because like I have the opposite view on this, but again, for the same I would reason, love to know. Tell which me. Which is hilarious. Tell me. Yes. So I can't say anything about therapy because I'm not a psychotherapist and I don't have a training in that. So sure. my certification isn't that. Sure. So then I get caught in that weird in-between of like, yes, I have two science degrees. I'm a registered nurse. I've specialized in neuroscience multiple times. That is what my background is, but I'm not trained as a therapist. I am a life coach. A life coach isn't a therapist mm -hmm. and it's very different. So I can't touch the word therapy, which is actually funny because I was going to become a, a counselor psychotherapist mm -hmm. with my nursing degree, but insurance companies won't reimburse that. They will reimburse oh. it if you're a worker, but if you're a nurse psychotherapist, they won't reimburse what? it. What? And I was like, cool. That is so weird. Like literally my main background is neurosurgery, trauma, bedside yeah. in a trauma center, downtown Toronto. You're telling me I can't counsel people? What? Cool. Yeah. Ugh. So it's like, it's like you won't be reimbursed with insurance. So unless you have clients that are okay paying out of pocket always, yes. but then that's just like, that's such a barrier to being able to exactly. share. And then that also like limits in terms of, what I'm allowed to offer. So if I'm a nurse, I can't talk about energy and I wouldn't be able to like, my scope is like actually smaller because I can't. So it like, it limits what I can offer, which obviously limits what I can share with people. But then it also completely like limits how much I can charge. And not that I'm like in it for the money, but then I'm like, I can't consistently just take one-on-one -on -one clients. Like I do need wiggle room. Absolutely. So that's why I can't use the word therapist. But then I also like, I'm not a healer. I'm not healing you. You're going to heal your damn self. I'm just holding space for you and giving you suggestions and holding you. And like, when yes. you need a little nudge, I'm going to give you a nudge. Yes. And like, when you need to be held, I will like do that holding, like energetically be there, but I'm not a healer. But then it's like, if I call myself like an energy guide, people are like, the fuck is that? Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly. Exactly. See, so oh my gosh, like, it, I don't it, know. It's so true to me. Oh my gosh. And see, this yeah. is a thing. And it's like yeah. hard when you talk about, and I find I, I come across the same challenges. Like yeah. when someone's like, you're a sound therapist, what's that? But if I would yeah. feel like I'm a sound healer, they'd be like, oh, so you do the sound baths and stuff. So yeah. it's it's a, yeah. it's a weird space. And I also love yeah. what you shared around, like, you know, you're not the one healing someone you're guiding yeah. them. And I feel like when we use the word healer or healing, it feels like almost a passive, a passive process where, yeah. you know, that person is not being an active participant. However, yeah. oh, healing yeah. is extremely, it's a yeah. two way street. Like you have to be an active yeah. participant. I can't yeah. just be, you know, playing my bowls and you're like so resistant to everything that's happening. Yeah. Cause that's not going to like, that's not, nothing's going to happen then. So literally in my waiver, I'm like, you're not doing the work. You're not going to get a result. And that's not my, my fault. If oh, you're not committed to getting uncomfortable yes. in the work, 
that's like, I can't do the work for you. I'm like, one, yes. I'm doing my own damn work. Thank you. And that's a full-time <laughs> job. And then two, I'm like, I actually, even if I wanted to do your work, I can't. Yeah. It's you doing it. I will like literally give you the steps and the suggestions. And when you struggle, I will like help you, but I can't do your work. So like my waiver is like salad. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love yeah. that. That's huge. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that you do that. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I, I feel like a lot of people will resonate and it's just, it's so tricky. And again, I want to advise everyone to be really careful when you're working with different people, because it's easy to just throw the word therapist, coach, mentor, mm -hmm. especially with life coaching. And that can be its own podcast episode. Oh, gosh, just because yes. someone calls themselves a coach doesn't mean that they actually did a certification and it's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. So please check credentials, ask questions. Because it's just too easy to put any title you want on your website. And then people just assume that you're telling them the truth. Same with trauma work. You can't just use hashtag trauma and actually yes. be trauma informed. Lord, help me. If you open up traumas the wrong way, you're actually going to go backwards in your healing journey. And it's actually going to be even harder for you to reopen up. So it's like you really have to be careful who you trust in your healing journey. Oh my gosh, that is so important. That's such an mm -hmm. important note because I feel like, you know, trauma informed is becoming another sexy word these days and uh, it's just being kind of slapped around. Yeah. And as you said, it's so important to understand whether these people have actually done the work yeah. or have the credentials because yeah, you can become re-traumatized if you are in yeah. if you are in a space that is not feeling safe for you and your nervous yeah. system. Yeah. Honestly, I remember the first sound bath I ever went to with bowls was actually quite dysregulating for me. And I like, it was because the facilitation did not feel safe. And so yeah. it is extremely important to kind of know who you're working with and yeah. get a sense if you like their energy, if their vibe yeah. and yeah. yeah, it's just, it, yeah, I can go on, but. And I, you can't open things up too quick. Yes. That's the thing. And it's like, yes. with sound, you're bypassing parts of your like guardedness yes. and your like walls, like you go in. So that's yeah. the thing where, again, I don't like offering one-off sessions often. And like, I only do it very contained, but I will never do a coaching session or a trauma session with someone. And then like, here's one session, you're open and raw, exactly. go have fun. I'm like, honey, one session is not going to heal you. Exactly. So you need to be really careful in what your expectation is in terms of the healing. It's consistency. Oh gosh, yes. And it's the, like, and just the way Gabor said, like, it's like your journey back to wholeness. It's yes. not one step. And then you're exactly. like, okay. And like, I always say, I'm like, are you going to go to the gym once and then expect to have exactly. abs for the rest of your life? No. So exactly. why do you think one Reiki session is going to like reset three decades worth of crap oh for you. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. And honestly, like healing as you go through one's healing journey, as one goes on their own healing journey, it just like, it doesn't stop at one point. It's like, it is a continuous journey. Once you uncover one thing, it's like, it, it's like a can of worms almost. It's like, you'll yeah. then find something else. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's truly yeah. like, you know, and that's why anytime I talk about therapy, I'm like, I'm in, I will forever be in therapy because I think a lot of people think therapy is um, like a one and done situation. It's like, okay, let's go for a couple sessions. Just like I said about Reiki. It's like, yeah. let me go for one session. I'm healed. It's like, yeah. no, it's like, if you are actually committed to yeah. your growth and healing journey, you will then know that it is continuous. You yeah. have to be proactively working on yourself and yeah. proactively checking in and being there for yourself it is not a one and done situation no and that's also not to say like you're never good enough and you have to like strive for perfection but it's like with energy and your emotional state you're consistently interacting with the world your yes. inner world your outer world and you're exchanging energy with the environment and that is exhausting so it's just like i could be like not dirty but my kitchen gets dirty and i have to clean it and it's like uh, my, I take my shoes off before I walk into my condo, my floors are still dirty because the, even if nobody walked in here, there's going to be dust. And it's like, guys, that's, that's healing too. It's not, you got to do this regularly. And if you want to get all nursing on me, it's like, if you're going to eat, you're going to poop. Yes. It's, it's an in, it's an out. Energy works the oh same way. Oh my gosh. I love that point. <laughs> I so appreciate and love that you brought that up, Tamea, because mm -hmm. it is so true. It's like, yeah. it's not to say that you have to always be fixing or working on yourself. It's, it's, it, it's just like 
the way I see it is it's maintenance. It's like, if you have a car, it's Hmm. like, you can't just expect your car to be good all the time. You got to, you know, give it an oil change. You got to do all these. I'm not a car person. But you know, like, like that's, the, that's the furthest I can go. Is gas? I know. And I'm, I'm like oil change. Yeah, I'm like gas. You gotta put gas in it. You gotta like I don't know, wash the windows or something. Yeah. But like, like you have to maintain it, yeah. and like we have to maintain ourselves too. It's it's yeah. it's it's a yeah. process. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so then if somebody is wanting to get certified in becoming a sound therapist, how do you get started? What are the certifications you would suggest? Like, kind of like how long does it take? Give us kind of like the scoop on that. Yeah, so I personally completed my certification training at the Institute of Traditional Medicine, which is, so the course was virtual though live because of the pandemic, of course, and I love them. I I fully recommend the school. The program was 100 hours and then we had to complete 20 case studies and practicum hours for that. And I would say, a couple things here. I really like the program because we had a variety of teachers and they all had different expertise and modalities within sound. So some were more specified in working with grief. Some, you know, use like different instruments, whereas, you know, some use the bowls and some use a bit more like ancient um, healing instruments. And so it was so nice to have that variety and those different voices and expertise. Also, I would say what's really important was the the certification um, was trauma informed. So there was a whole mm-hmm. section on trauma and anti-oppression. So making sure it was an anti-oppressive approach to yeah. holding space, which was extremely important to me. And so I would say it was it's such a well-rounded program. Um, there are obviously there's like a million people offering sound healings, like trainings and stuff. I personally would say, depending on what your goals are, you know, establish that first, because if you're just looking, you know, to incorporate sound in a more casual way into your day to day, yeah, like work with a sound practitioner. Um, Though, if you're looking to become trained or become a sound therapist, then I would say, go to a school to actually learn it. And, And especially, I would say, make sure the training program requires you to do practicum hours because mm-hmm. the hands-on experience, the experience of facilitating and holding space was like the most important for me. Like that's where I learned everything I would say. Yeah. And not say everything, but that's where I learned the majority of, yeah. of what it means to be a sound practitioner. Um, yeah. And I would say that's like huge. Like you can't just study it. You have to actually do it. Yeah. yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And it's like, also just be careful because I feel like nowadays you can get any certification for like $99, you're certified. And I'm like, exactly. have you actually spoken to somebody? Like, I always feel like with things like this, when you're becoming quotations, any sort of a healer quotations, um, you need to have a mentor. You can't just do a self-guided practice and then you're like good to go. Cause it's like, you don't know everything and they're not going to be able to answer the questions you don't even know you have until you do the practice. And then you do the practice and then you're like, wait a minute, what? So I, I feel like it's always ideal to have some sort of a mentor guiding along as you have questions come up in your journey. Absolutely. And and I will say also, so I did my certification at ITM, so Institute of Traditional Medicine, though I have done like specific trainings with other practitioners. So there's a fantastic practitioner. um, Her name is Kiko Sounds in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I did um, uh, my tuning fork training with her. And she's fantastic. She's an excellent facilitator. And she also sells uh, tuning forks. So Mm -hmm. I would say like, if you want to do specific trainings, I totally love your point of, around having mentors that can teach you different specific techniques or, or whatnot. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So then what are some of the different um, sound tools? Like I know there's the crystal mm. bowls, there's the tuning forks, what else? Like not everyone's going to invest in the crystal bowl. So tell me some of the other options that are out there and what are their, I guess their uses. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, there are so many different instruments mm-hmm. though. I feel the most commonly used ones will be like, yes, your crystal singing bowls. Um, there's also Tibetan singing bowls, which are made out of metal. It's a different tone, um, but that's another thing to consider. Those are like the actual, like proper ancient traditional singing bowls. 
Tuning forks, in my opinion, are amazing. They're also a bit more accessible and affordable. And those tuning forks are basically like similarly what we use to tune instruments. So how it works is that they help tune the nervous system. You can place them on different parts of your body. You can place them beside your ear and it same process of entrainment happens where you're syncing up your brain to the sound of the tuning forks. Mm -hmm. um, there's also chimes like Koshi chimes are really popular in in um, sound bath environments. I know you mentioned you use them as well. They're a great mm -hmm. way to, I would say, to awaken. I think they're really like a nice awakening energy. So I like yeah. to use them at the end of sound baths usually. Um, there's ting shas, which are great for, to start and end a meditation. Um, rain sticks are, are great. I don't know if you wanna go walk around with a rain stick, it's a bit big, but like, that's what I like. I'm like, I'm like the most like accessible ones, honestly. Yeah. And like convenient ones are tuning forks. I love tuning yeah. forks. I'm obsessed yeah. with them. We're um, literally going to have a private yeah. conversation once we get off the podcast because I'm going to buy one. So side oh note, you've sold me. I require Literally, I cannot even. Okay. So yeah, I would say those are the main ones yeah. that, uh, but literally like, I don't know, you can grab like a hand drum. Like there's so many things you can use yeah. for um, depending on what your intention is. So singing yeah. bowls, tuning forks are really good for relaxation. And then, you know, for more activating, like moving energy around, I would say drums are great for that. Mm -hmm. um, rain stick is great for that. The chimes are great for that. So, so mm -hmm. I guess it just depends on what your, your intention is. Yeah. Now, what if you wanted to buy a singing bowl? How do you know which is the right one? Like, I know there's different frequencies that are going to be connected to like different chakras and emotions. Yeah. It's like, do you, how do you know it's the right one? Like, do you need to kind of like play mm -hmm. it and then you get a connection? Like, how do you know? Yeah. So I feel like everyone says the singing bowl chooses you. And I feel like that's pretty, I would say it's pretty accurate in a way. I mean, like at the end of the day, the way I would say is like, definitely listen to the bowl and reflect on how that vibration and sound feels to your body. Like, do you feel like it settles your body? Do you feel like it activates your body? You're gonna wanna really intuitively choose the bowl. But I would say, I'll, I'll just share like the way I chose my bowls was a kind of like a two-way approach. So I actually got most of my bowls at the, um, the healing instrument shop, the sound healing instrument shop, which is located just outside of Toronto. and. Denise, who's the founder or owner there, she's excellent because she has a background in music theory. And so she is really great at educating around like what bowls actually sound good together. But then she also is like, pick a bowl that sounds and feels good to you. So my approach to choosing my own bowls was, was both like what sounds good together, because I think like my background in like music and DJ and I'm like, I want it to actually yeah. sound nice. Yeah. Because when it sounds nice, when it resonates nicely, it's gonna feel good to the body usually. Um, yeah. But then I also chose bowls that just like felt good to me. And I think, so when you asked about like, do you have to play it? It's it's ideal, yes. If you can play it, that's great. But honestly, I chose most of my bowls by listening to them like uh, through a pre, again, like pre-recorded, like yeah. through pre-recorded sound. So I think you can do both. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay. I was, and I was just going to say, I'm like, that makes it harder if you like buying something virtually. So again, just be like buyers aware, like that you're buying the right thing. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. the great thing with, with um, the, oh my gosh, I keep the sound Healy instrument shop. The great thing with them is that they have literally like every bowl recorded so you can hear oh it. God. Yeah. And like, and playing it with like different bowls. So like they're a great resource for both wow. practitioners and yeah. like just anyone who's looking to purchase a bowl. Yeah. Okay. Now, what if somebody wants to incorporate sound healing in their personal life in terms of just like before bed or kind of like an in-between like your day, just kind of like a reset, what would you recommend? What is the easiest way and where would you find it? Yeah. So I want to talk about, I think one, we, one aspect we haven't mentioned around sound, which is using the voice. So if mm -hmm. someone, and because, you know, buying an instrument yeah. is not, is not accessible yeah. for everyone. And so one really great way to incorporate sound healing is actually using your voice. So a great exercise I like to do is humming the vowels. So uh, humming, oh. so A, E, I, O, U. So ha, yeah. he, hi, yeah. ho, who. That exercise, what it does is when we use our vocal cords, it activates and stimulates our vagus nerve. Yeah. And that 
and obviously you know the vagus nerve is a great love little nerve. nerve we all love the vagus I love nerve i you mentioned right? that I, I totally didn't even think of that i was like you need an instrument you did a thing and i was like no yeah. you are a thing we are an instrument right so when we can activate our vocal cords that stimulates our vagus nerve our vagus nerve is a beautiful nerve that helps soothe our nervous system and so that's a great exercise to do if someone's feeling overwhelmed if someone is feeling like they need to sue themselves so that's that's a that's a really great way easy quick way humming is a great way chanting is a great way and then if you are looking to incorporate instruments i would say what i really like to do is using um using my tuning forks for transition so say if i go out to the grocery mm -hmm. store i come back home there's that transition right from this like chaotic I don't know, yeah. like I, I, I don't, yes. I just need a minute, you know, when I get in from the grocery store. Yeah. And so what I'll use is I'll just use my tuning forks on specific parts of my body or just by my ears to help soothe my body. Um, and then I also just like to use my, I have like a Tibetan singing bowl. I use that in the morning. I do like a little sound bath with my bunnies. Like I just set an intention. Sound is also really good for yeah. animals. They love, yeah. they love, yeah. especially the, the bowls. Um, and yeah, like I would say that's, one way people they can incorporate into yeah. their day oh my god i love that what about pre-recorded sounds yeah so i'll speak to two kind of um peoples here so if, if someone who's just wanting to incorporate it into their day-to-day -day, pre recorded sounds there's some amazing sound bots on uh spotify on insight timer if you want to use pre-recorded sounds i will recommend the way i like to use it which is in that afternoon slump time so if you need a boost of energy listen to like a 10 to 15 minute sound bath and allow yourself to just like see how that feels for you so that's a great way to use pre-recorded sounds there are, there are things called sure, like, yeah. what would they even like google or like what would yeah. you put into the search engine like what would yeah. awaken you like what is the word you need to use yeah that's such a great question it's just sound i would say just sound bath or if there's specific notes so um specific notes are tied to different emotions or frequencies and so if someone wants say like a grounding sound bath i would say like use words like grounding sound bath or sound bath for negative energy so it depends on like what you're looking for or sound bath for grief um so using those keywords would be important and then if you are specifically looking for different um, like to, to target different emotions then i would look to the different chakras or the different notes so just very quickly, um, the C note is associated with the root chakra, D note is your sacral, E note is your solar plexus, F is your heart, G is your throat, A is your third eye, and then B is your crown. So knowing that, you can also search for music that is in a specific note as well. And that's another way I like to personally target different sounds and explore different sounds for that too and then i'll say also for like if practitioners want to use or incorporate pre-recorded music i would say think about using binaural beats or solfeggio frequencies or isochronic tones in your meditation as like background music because that helps to entrain the brain into that more settled yeah. state Okay. Amazing. Beautiful. Now, is there anything else that you use in your own personal practice? I know you mentioned your morning sound bath. You mentioned your afternoon double espresso sound bath. I love this. Like I can't wait to do it. Side note, you mentioned the tuning fork. Is there anything else that is like you cannot live without? Oh my gosh. I love ASMR. And I don't think oh, it's like, yes. so I honestly like, I don't think people would consider sound therapy, but I totally think it is. Oh my God. Yes. I don't know how you feel about ASMR, but I'm a I'm like borderline like addicted to Can it. Can you explain what it is? Because I feel like some people don't know what it is. I know what it is. And I just got like tingles thinking about it. Oh my so God. I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, I had to write this down. Like, so ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And what that means is it's like sending this like automatic soothing signal to our bodies when we hear certain sounds. And ASMR is such a wide range of, um, it's such a wide range. Some people listen to ASMR with like tapping, like tapping on different sounds or like sounds that are produced from your mouth. It's mm -hmm. just like really different or even like the sound of uh, typing on a keyboard can activate mm -hmm. that response mm -hmm. for some people. Like the crunching of snow, you know, crunching that like- Crunching of snow, mm -hmm. literally the massaging of someone's head yeah. or yeah. the sound of oil on someone's skin. Yeah. Um, so there's 
if you just search ASMR on YouTube, you will find literally everything under the sun. Yeah. And I personally like, um, because really at the center of ASMR is like taking, someone's taking care of you. And so someone will be role-playing and they might be saying like, oh, I, I heard you're having a, like a hard day. Let me take care of you. And like, who doesn't want to be taken care of, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think mm -hmm. that's why for me, like as someone who like lives on her own, is single, yeah. like I don't have yeah. someone to take care of me. So I'm like, I love, I love that um, yeah. experience. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love what that. Do you like, what do you like? What, like, what do you like with ASMR? Like, are there certain sounds that it's just like certain sounds that like, for me, it's like very naturey. So like ah, the snow, yes. like crunching snow or like the walking in snow, like, I'm just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Which is why I also feel like I'm not meant to live in Toronto because the sound of just everyone and like cars and the sirens, it like kills any natural mm -hmm. sound. Or it's like the sound of like water. I'm like, who doesn't like the sound of water? Or like, mm -hmm. I love walking down by the beach. So it's like the sound of rocks kind of moving. Um, one of the beaches yes. I always go to has like a whole bunch of like little um, seashells, but then they're like oh crunchy. And it's like the crunching of that. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Like here for it. Like, I just love that. And I mean, I also love the sound of like Tegressa when she's like walking because she's like, pitter patter. Better, better yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. Oh my oh, gosh. I, I love that. Amazing. Okay. So the next thing that I want to talk about was what is like a business fail you've had or something that you wish you did differently? Because I know that there's a couple of people listening who are also quotations healers <laughs> are mm -hmm. also into all of this and they want to incorporate sound therapy into their, their practice. So it's like, how would you have done it differently? Or is there something you would have tweaked or something that even if it's like, I wish I didn't stress about this because it doesn't matter. What would be your advice? Okay. So I'll give a business challenge and then more of like a personal challenge. So the business challenge is I wish I, I wish I had done Vanessa's um, unblock your business course. Like, <laughs> like Vanessa is always oh my, my like business advice. <laughs> oh my gosh. So for people who aren't familiar, um, yeah we met kind of through a course around it's called unblock your business it's around like business finances so i personally wish i just had that understanding yeah. of how to run my business from a financial yeah. perspective earlier yeah. on and yeah. i didn't so i feel like it was a little bit of a hot mess express like i don't even know like like so i just feel like it was i was just kind of um what's it called like, running by the seat of my pants like i just i was winging it like quotations i'm doing it intuitively no you have no idea what the fuck you're doing thank you, exactly. thank you. that's exactly happening. what and i did this because i did her personal and her business and i was like how did i get here oh my god literally thank you for saying that i had thank you that's exactly it i was running my business intuitively that's a cute way of putting it. No, and... like, I don't know. Oh. You're scared to look at your finances and charge your work. That's Thank you. Yeah. So, so, so that, that I was running my business intuitively and I would say I would hundred percent recommend to have a bit of that understanding of how to actually run like, and understand like what a, what a profit and loss statement is like how to run a business, like how to manage your finances, what a budget is like those kind of things. So that from a business perspective, I wish I had that training a bit earlier from a more personal perspective. I wish I had really um, stuck to my, I guess it's kind of intuition again, I think early on. So for instance, when I started sound, therapy or even actually when I started even dabbling into wellness itself I had like a lot of really different ideas and I felt like I had to change them to fit the environment of what wellness mm -hmm. was or what wellness appeared to be in Toronto and I felt I often watered down my ideas so that I felt like it fit in the box of like oh this mm -hmm. feels wellnessy or this feels like people will accept it yeah. And I always kind of like when I went that way of not sticking true to what I actually wanted or what I was dreaming or my vision, it often led to me feeling unfulfilled. And so I would say to anyone who is, you know, dabbling in something that might be new to them, really try to continuously check in to make sure what you're doing feels true to you and not something that you're doing because you want to appease others or because yeah. you're doing it for the external validation of others. So I would say just like 
check in more often, especially as you're doing something outside of your comfort zone, we're naturally going to always like be like, Ooh, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel yeah. safe. And we're going to want to like shrink. I would say mm -hmm. continuously check in to make sure you're staying aligned and true to your, your vision, but also yeah. flexible, but also flexible, but make sure you're staying yeah. true to, true to yourself. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I think that's, that's the part that's so scary. It's like, you're literally showcasing your heart. Like mm. we're doing all our soul's work. And it's scary because it's like, you don't want it to get like criticized or shut down or what if nobody exactly. likes it? Nobody comes like, oh my God, I just put myself out there. But yes. it's like anyone listening, whatever you have to offer, it's in you for a reason. And there's people waiting for your offer. So please get it out there because people are waiting. And like, I know there were certain things that like certain healers I've worked with where I'm like, I needed their medicine. And like, if they didn't tell me it existed and they didn't advertise it and it didn't like talk about it I wouldn't have found it and I would still be my yes. hot mess of press yes over here <laughs> yes oh my gosh and I feel like um healing wellness creativity are all extremely vulnerable yeah. things because yeah. we are as you said like putting our heart on our sleeves we are like showcasing and talking about those experiences that we've had yeah. that have really been transformational and that's scary um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I feel like it's, it cannot, it sometimes doesn't feel safe because it's different though you have, like, as you said, it's important to share what you're doing and what you're working yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect last question for you. How can people find you? Mm. What do you offer? What are your next things that are coming in your business? And like, please tell us the things. Cause I know my listeners are like, who's this amazing being and how can I find her? Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Okay, so I would say the two main ways to connect with me, I use Instagram most regularly. So at, you can find me at with Bianca Lee. And then I also have a mailing list where I will often share any offerings or events that are coming up um, in terms of my like core offering. So I, I offer sound baths for workplaces, for conferences. My main goal is really to take sound meditation and sound baths outside of the traditional like yoga studios, meditation studios. I want to take it into like highly stimulating places because I, I know there's like such great benefit there. And so if you're interested in working with me, send me an email. Um, I, you can email me at hello at biancalimondino.com and I can send you my sound wellness packages. And then in terms of what's coming up next for me, so right now, which I'm so excited for, I've been developing research around um, airplane anxiety. So I've been doing a ton of research on people who experience airplane anxiety because I'm working on sound meditations specifically to help ease airplane anxiety. Yeah. And so what's coming up next for me is developing soundtrack, therapeutic soundtracks for that specific um, segment of individuals. It's, which is wild because like, I think the stats are like 40% of people experience like travel or airplane anxiety. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'm also really focused on um, like sound production. So using, yeah. so I were talking about like um, pre-recorded sounds. I'm actually working on developing sound tracks which are pre-recorded mm -hmm. so sound bath tracks that are pre-recorded because yeah. i, I want to make sound um sound therapy more accessible because not everyone can you know attend a yoga studio or afford to yeah. attend a sound bath and i want to make it more accessible on yeah. streaming platforms and and other areas yeah beautiful i love that okay yeah. and then given that this is the discover your joy podcast what brings you joy <laughs> Ooh, oh my gosh Oh my gosh. Okay. The first thing that brings me joy, I would say like, I love dancing and I don't want to say dancing. I love like intuitively moving. Like yeah. I love listening to music. Yeah. That's just like, whatever I feel like that day with whether it's like sexy deep house or just like soca music or disco, like so rant, like all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I just love moving my body that feels really good. And that brings me joy. And also just like randomly, when my rabbits yawn, I always, I'm obsessed. I love when animals in general yawn. It's the cutest thing. And fun fact, when Just we yawn, rabbit yawn, oh my God. And when we yawn, it means that we're relaxing because our nervous mm -hmm. system is relaxing. So yes. it just also reminds me that they're like relaxing or they're, they're chill in a way. So it's just, I love, I love seeing my rabbits and animals yawn. Yeah. And the moment I get off this call, I'm literally going to be like, buy tuning fork, rabbit yawning. <laughs> you too. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and your love with us. And we will have a whole bunch of show notes with all the links. So everything we talked about will be down there and please follow her because Bianca is incredible and she's just this ray of light and she's doing some big, beautiful things. So I want you guys to watch that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you you so much for having me today. This has been awesome. And I really admire you and everything you are creating and putting out into this world. So this has been such a pleasure and honor for me to be here today. Thank you so, so much. Oh, it means the world to me. Thank you. And we'll talk to you guys soon.